You're very welcome to the Westport GAA Hurling Podcast. My guest this week is Dick Harnady, a man that for many years was the secretary of the Westport Hurling Club. Dick, take me back to 1982. That's the year that you got involved and it's the year that the club was reformed as well. I got a call from Tony O'Keefe asking me would I help him to resurrect uh, the Hurling Club and um, other people got involved as well. Um, Tony Keegan and uh, Stephen Broderick, Albert Gallagher Sr., Mick Lockery, uh, Jim Hogan, I think Richie Joyce and um, Andy Doyle. There were a few others as well. So we decided uh, we decided to um, have a playing session on Sunday morning at twelve o'clock, and we deal with you know from eight, from the age of eight upwards. And was there an appetite? Did parents say, would somebody try and start or restart the club at that stage? I don't know. The, the kids appeared anyway. Uh, I suppose maybe we put something in the mail news. I can't remember exactly how we got got the kids to come, but. I think we had about maybe 15 of them the first day. Um, we started teaching very basic, hitting the ball and picking the ball and, you know, the, the basic stuff. And uh, some of them picked it up fairly quickly, from 8 up to 15 or 16. Before we go into, I suppose, your administration work as secretary, and you were secretary for at least 10 years from 82 uh, to 92, the, the name Harnady... Give us a little bit of background on your own family and how the Harnadies ended up in Westport. My parents were from West Cork and um, they eventually ended up in East Cork in Yall. None of them ever lived in Mayo. I'm, I'm the, probably not too many, there aren't too many Harnadies in Mayo. Um, so uh, my wife is from near Clamour, so I suppose that's one of the reasons why I, lived, I, I ended up in Westport. And was it work that brought you here or love? <laughs> it was both. <laughs> I got a job with um, Baxter, uh, or Travenel, as it was called then, in, in Castle Park. I worked there for a year, and then I went teaching in the vocation school in Westport. What subjects did you teach, Dick? Because so many people would have come under your care for so many years. Uh, maths and science at the beginning, and then I, I did a course on special education, and I, I used to do that as well. I presume that idea of education was one of the reasons that you got involved, because you probably thought, I might be able to pass something on to these young lads. Well, I, I was sort of always interested in hurling. We, we like, East Cork is a, is a hurling part of Cork, and um, I just, uh, when Tony mentioned it, I just thought I'd help out. And, um, uh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose I just wanted to help out. That was part of my philosophy. Now, your parents were from Skibbereen in West Cork, but you grew up in East Cork, there would be a lot more hurling in East Cork, probably. Yeah, there would. Yeah, yeah. They don't play much uh, football. In, in, well, they didn't that time anyway. It was mostly hurling. Uh, when we were young, um, we had no radio in the house uh, in Yorl, and um, we used to go down to a neighbour's house, a cottage. And the, 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 people, the man that owned the cottage was called Mike Coney. He was, I suppose he was nearly as old as I am now, but um, he used to have the battery, uh, the wet and dry batteries already on some of the, the old radio. And we'd be all there listening to Cork playing or whoever, Christy Ring and the, the records in Wexford and all that. It was a great occasion. And later on, his his um, relation became president of the GA. He, he was Cooney as well. That was Christy Cooney, of course. People may not be aware of it, but your own nephew, 
is currently on the Cork Senior Hurling team and up until recently was captain. Of course, that's Seamus Harnady. Yeah, he's my brother's son. Sean is my brother and Seamus is son and he plays for St. Eta's, which is near Yall. And um, yeah, he, he was always a pretty good hurler. So he ended up on the team. That's something you must be very proud of, that that link, that heritage, that culture has passed on to another generation. You did it here in Westport. Your brother did it, and Seamus is obviously doing it now as well. Yeah, I'm very proud of him. Actually, I had a cousin as well called Dick Kennedy in, in North Cork. He played with Jack Lynch on the, I think it was in the football teams in, in the 40s. So there is a link there as well. How did you get started in 82? Obviously, you came together as a group of motivated and uh, enthusiastic uh, young men working in Westport. You mentioned so many of them. How did you get it up and going then after that first meeting, that first training session? Well, we we were a sub a subcommittee of the main club, of the main like they were football, and we I think we got some money from from the main club. We just met up and it, on a an ad hoc basis, and it just went from there. We used to train in the in the on the pitch, the GA pitch. But for some reason, I think during the winter we didn't want to use it, so we used to use the old um, an old pitch near um, where where Botox is now, John Mayock Field. I presume then, after a few months, you got involved in some competitions and challenge matches, and suddenly, the hurling club then took off. Yeah, I suppose after about I can't remember exactly now; it's a long time ago. But I remember playing Bellina and um, Ballyhorn, Centurion and Castlebar. They were the main clubs. I think in '91 we won the um, the Sea um, Championship, All Ireland Championship in, in Langford. I think it was against the Langford Slashers of one of those clubs. That was a huge achievement in such a, a short period yeah. to get organised, to get to an All Ireland and to years. win it. Nine years, yeah. Well, my own son was involved, and I'm sure Tony, or um, what do you call it, the Keegans were involved, and the O'Keefe's and the Scots and. Ivan Lavelle and uh, Brian Hope. They, they were all good hurlers. And it was a really smashing day. You know, We were thrilled that we won. I presume there was a, a small celebration when you came back to Westport as well. There's a great story about Andy Dyle when he came back. We went around to the different towns. We went to Ballina on the way back. Andy had a, had a fishing rod out the window with our flag on it. And the flag got lost and <laughs> blew into a wood. So everybody out <laughs> to look for his fishing rod and his flag. Oh, he was a great character, Andy, and so good to the, the GA club in so many ways. Andy would always give his little pep talk. You probably remember this. <laughs> and I, I remember one day down in Bellinau, there were cups on the table, and Andy started belting the, <laughs> the table with, with his fist, and the cups started jumping off the table. So the boys, <laughs> the boys weren't listening to Good afternoon. Stephen Broderick as well was involved in those early years uh, and we remember him so fondly in the hurling club. What did you enjoy about it yourself, Dick, and why did you stay involved for so long? I don't know. We used to have great crack and um, there was a great banding there among the lads and they were really improving and, and uh, you know, we were winning some matches and I suppose we ended up in Sarge's afterwards after meetings and so on, so that was, that was some fun as well. There were great characters in it. People spoke about, you know, the hurling club meetings and you kept great minutes. There was lots of good rows as well during the years between yourselves and with the football side of the club as well, which still continues. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. Uh, yeah, I suppose the, the football probably thought that we weren't going to succeed. Like it, it, it had collapsed before and we were, 
taking their money and but it, but actually what happened after the, um, we wanted to develop the the building so the, the club decided to make have a, have a um, collection and Tony O'Keefe I think was in charge of that so I think that helped that helped the band uh, band uh, between us and the main club. I saw one of the photos when the new the clubhouse at the time was opened, and it was Stephen Broderick, yourself, Tony O'Keefe, and Paddy Muldoon. You were the four driving forces behind that redevelopment at that time. So the hurlers did play a very important role in developing the facilities on the Newport Road. Tony used to ring me every week, and he says, "How many tickets have you sold this week?" I remember the first meeting uh, we had about this. What do they call it? Development. Um, everybody was asked how many tickets they'd sold. And Stephen Brothers said he had sold 62. <laughs> we couldn't believe it. Like, I sold about six. I think each of us had to sell 10. But Stephen was a superb, superb salesman. 62 tickets. Now, not only did we do, uh, develop the um, the building, but we actually uh, drained the field as well. But I, we probably didn't get very very good advice with the drains. I don't think we're, we had, they had to be redone later, later on, but at least we did them. When you look back at your own involvement and obviously your own son, Niall, played for so many years and went on to represent the club and county, what kind of, I suppose, memories do you take from that period? Oh, fan memories. And a lot of people that I was involved with, they were great friends afterwards. Um, there was a great bonding in the club and the young fellows really bonded well. I'd say a lot of them became lifelong friends. As a hurling man and somebody that's a passionate follower of hurling and loves watching it. What's your own philosophy on coaching and administration and how important is it that hurling would continue to grow and be protected and promoted in Westport? Oh, I'd love to see it continue. And I, I'm delighted. Like That's a long time ago. It's nearly 40 years ago and I was still going. Um, I left in 92 because I wanted to do something else and I really haven't, I suppose, followed them up all that much, but I'm delighted they're still going. You enjoy watching hurling all the time. Yeah, I watch all, especially the championship. I really watch all those games. What was the motivation behind it for yourself? I suppose the fact that my son was playing was was part of the motivation. But I don't know. I, I just wanted to give something to the town. I, I like. I felt that I'd come into the town, like I'd got a job here, and just wanted to give something back. To, you know, helping out young people seemed to be a good way of doing it. You know. Today, clubs are struggling to get volunteers to help out. Is there anything that can be done to get more people involved in community activities? Because you were involved in the hurling club, the walking club, uh, tourism as well down through the years. You gave back so much. I think if if the um, if they see something in it, like for themselves, uh, for their own development, I think that would help. Uh, a lot of them are very busy. There seems to be a lot of pressure on young people now. They, they haven't used more time for voluntary work. Like between wearing the family and the job and whatever. They don't seem to have as much time as we did have. When you look back, Dick, and your own involvement, there was so much involved from administration to coaching to management to fundraising as well, as you mentioned. Was it worth it all? Of course it was. I mean, it's still going. And I'm very proud of that. Like It seemed to have petered out around 1972. And now it's going 38 years later. So, well, it was worth it. Of course it was worth it. I probably should have kept a bit uh, with it a l- bit longer, but I was interested in hill walking, so it clashed with the training on Sunday morning. When I'm watching hurling, I just I'm just carried away. It's just um, it's just magic, you know. I mean, 
the skill level in hurling is that people don't realize like the, the, the handwork and you know the catching of the ball, the passing, everything is so ma- it's magical. Like it's one of the best games in the world. Finally, Dick, we ask all our guests to pick a piece of music that they enjoy, that they might listen to on the way to Crow Park or heading down to St Patrick's Park on the Newport Road. What's your choice? I think I'll pick the Fields of Vath and Rye. Stephen Stephen Broderick used to sing that and with great gusto and um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that in his memory. He's a great character. He he's lot, did a lot for the club and um, yeah, we miss him. Yeah. Okay.